up, get out of bed, fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Now from the studios of Fox Sports Knoxville, this is Three and Out with Nate Hodges and Houston Kress. Fan Run Radio. formation football there is and that feeling for Josh Heupel the Tennessee Volunteers are the champions of the Capital One Orange Bowl and Joe Milton has got to feel great Rick Barnes, Bill Self, shake hands Tennessee they're your champs the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis goes to the Volunteers and they were the bad boys from the jump in this one that's an interesting question. This is a smooth shot. Wake up, squirrels. You got a visitor into the trees. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me. Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio. It is three and out. Houston Crest, Adam Hickman, intern Brett with you this morning. 865-546-8200 to get in with us on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Oh, brother, baseball. Running is hard, guys. That's my uh, takeaway from last night. Running is hard. You watch bits and pieces. Do you know what we're talking about when we say running is hard? Unfortunately, Chris, I do. I do. Tennessee falls to Boston College. Seven to six. Ten hits for Boston College. Nine for Tennessee. A solo shot in the tenth inning was the difference. (sighs) Was it the ninth that Burke hit the triple? Eighth. Was the eighth? Yeah, it was the eighth. I'm almost 100% positive. Uh, Burke hits a triple. We take him out. We sub around. We don't get anybody home. 
Was it Griffin Merritt on third? When the uh, bunt was uh, late. Burke bun- hit in the bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. After he hit the home he, run. Yeah, so it went Christian Moore homer, and then yeah. it went Blake Burke to third. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, let's just walk this bad boy right out of here. Not quite. Yeah, and then that's when you brought in the guy to pinch run. Ethan Payne. A decision I was not very oh, fond there, of. It was painful. I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, wait, which decision? Oh, yeah, subbing Burke out. Yeah. Like I, I saw a lot of people say that. I, I figured at that point it wouldn't get back around to him as far as him getting to the plate again. But, yeah. I mean, I, I like it if you're going to bring him in and be really aggressive. But we weren't very aggressive. Well, I mean, how can you be aggressive at third base? Well, he... He was slow off the bag. Well, he, like, on the Dickies hit, he broke towards the plate like it was going to be a hit. Like it was right. a drop in it. Yeah, and but you have time. At, you have time at he third. Never, like, yeah, he should never have – he should have never broke for home. If like, I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's Elander or what. Like, he should have just had his foot on the bag ready to go. I've watched the replay trying to calculate it out to see if he would have been ready, if he would have made it. And? It's a lot closer than it was if he – if he doesn't start towards home before he had to retreat back to tag up. But yeah. I don't know. Young team. They're going to make mistakes. Well, um, the kid made a great throw, too. I mean, let's not uh, – The I throw mean, was fine. The cutoff was better. The cutoff and flip to the catcher was – I mean, that that was the play. Yeah. Um. So it was a good job by the pitcher getting in position to make a little, you know, Derek Jeter-esque catch and flip to the plate. Then he gets his hand stepped on. The guy, I mean, legally, yeah. he was in good position, oh, yeah. but he kind of blocked the plate. I mean, he never touched – I don't think he ever touched the bag. Oh, I don't know. He didn't get anywhere close. He didn't have to slide. So that was – yeah, he should have just, like you said, just put your hands up and I'm out. bow your head, tip the cap. Let's yeah, you got me. But I would have rather sacrificed a little bit of speed on third there in that situation, kept Blake Burke in just for – experience purposes, maybe a little bit higher baseball IQ as well. You know, Ethan Payne, not a guy whose name you've heard a lot Mm -hmm. over the last year or two. I don't even know what year he is right now. Payne? Yeah. Do you want to know? Yeah, what is he? He is. What number was he? Oh, there it is. Hang on. He's a junior. Okay, yeah, and then he then then he should have then he should have known, but it was frustrating. It that's was the way it, she goes, though. You know, you get that the on the, the big jobs. Went, kind of, yeah, it was just game just frustrating. Played, yeah, um, that would have been a really good win too had you have pulled that off. I mean, maybe I don't know. That's the hottest team in baseball right now. Best team in the country right now. Lost to. Forgot who they lost to in their Pepperdine. opening. Pepperdine. Yeah. They lost to Pepperdine. Yeah. Lost to Pepperdine. Night one of the season. Haven't lost since. Well, it's pretty rare for Tennessee pitching to give up four home runs in a game. Now they were all solo shots, but uh, that will. Uh, I don't know. Like I feel like we swung the bat fine. I mean, we had nine hits. Right? Yeah, but to give up ten, like I don't know. That just doesn't seem like us. That said, it was. That is, I think that is a pretty good team. For a midweek game. That yeah, was a good it's a good game. team. Yeah. They say solo opponent. shots won't kill you, but when you give up four. But they do add up. That was Tennessee baseball's first loss in a midweek game at home since April 27th, 2021, when they lost to Lipscomb. Wow. 
That's right, because was it Lipscomb that you went and saw him last year at Smokies? Was that Lipscomb? That was Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I I didn't see what Vitello said after the game. I'm sure he had some comments. Yeah, he had a few. Uh, Let's see. Long ones, too. Uh, He was asked if it's more encouraging the way Tennessee fought back or more discouraging from, you know, all the mistakes that were made. He said, discouraging. The whole effort of the team was discouraging. Uh, He did like the fact that that game simulated a conference game, a regional game, uh, so there's a lot of lessons that can be learned. Uh, But he said, as a coach, if I'm going to be honest, it's not a good feeling to be sitting in the dugout and your mind always wonders, trust me when the pitch is getting ready to be put in play. I think I'm paying attention to that pitch, but you have other things that go on during the course of the game. And to be a coach standing there saying, if we win this thing, how are we going to feel about it? Yeah, you could tell he was kind of scattered just reading this. Uh, on one end, you're going to feel like, holy cow, this is a really good team we just beat. So you hit up some RPI points. And thank goodness we didn't have to go back to the locker room upset and all that good stuff. But it did not look good from where I was standing. Hmm. Interesting. He was asked about the uh, base running and fielding mistakes. He said that he was asked what needs to happen to fix it, and he said it ain't more practice. So does he think the guys just got caught up in the uh, the atmosphere? Surely not. He said if anything, they've gone over that stuff too much. He's, this sounds like a pretty upset Tony Vitello after last night's game. I, think, I don't know. Maybe he's just saying they need more in-game experience in these kind of situations. I don't know. He said, huh. He said, usually the team that wants to win wins. Is he saying he thinks his team is a little complacent right now? Sounds like it. We, yeah, he's questioning the effort. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was an effort issue. I thought it was a – yeah, I know, I know. It, it just feels like a mental focus issue. Um, it wow. felt like the Notre Dame game a little bit, like, because the way that all the home runs were hit were, like, solo shots and, like, you just couldn't get out in front. You I mean, did get in, out in front. I think you are up 3-1, to one, right? Uh, Yeah, 3-1. to one. So, I mean, it was just – 3-1 to one after the third. And then they scored runs, single runs in the fourth, fifth, and sixth to take a 4-3 lead. Tied it in the seventh. They took the lead in the eighth. Then you tied it in the eighth, yeah. ninth, ninth. Then you could not the rally in the tenth. Um, it's baseball. I think last year kind of spoiled everybody. Uh, this is going to happen. This has already happened to a bunch of teams that Still are really good. I mean, Boston College pretty good yeah i don't know how good they are uh i mean i I realize that they're now nine and one uh this is obviously their biggest win of the season um i mean not knocking tennessee but at the same time you kind of have to ask yourself that question about us as it sits right now i I think that's fair um you know we've won games we were supposed to win. we we probably should have won the first two i mean you you can make the case that this team should be undefeated we haven't gotten blasted in any of these games. You know, typically if we give up a lot of runs, it's because we've scored twice as many. Uh, so last night was a little bit different in that way because I think 
what was Arizona? Did I say three to one? Yes. And then four three or three to two to Grand Canyon. Last night, obviously seven to six, which we kind of expect for a midweek game. I also don't know what Boston College's like pitching rotation is. Did they was that their their ace that they started last night? I didn't hear Andy yeah, mention that on the broadcast. They had a weekend series, you would think. Well, I just I don't know. But maybe they were saving them. I don't know. I mean, if they play a scrub this weekend, if I was their skipper, I would totally skipper. I would totally bump my ace up to pitching in a midweek game against the number three ranked team in the country. I would too. And then just go from there. Do you still have the Tony V comments up? Uh, yeah. Why? Well, if you go down. It talks about the Ethan Payne play. He talks about that a little bit and what they kind of teach on the play. Gotcha. Um, okay, he was also asked about Merritt staying at third on Stark's bunt. Mm. And he said, I didn't even ask Griffin out of frustration. <laughs> so clearly, and that's why I tweeted that at the time, because I was like, wait a minute. First of all, I... I realize it was a well-placed bunt. I get that. I did not like the fact that we had a guy on third. I'm pretty sure there were no outs at that point, and we decided to bunt. Um, the only reason I say that is because we don't typically bunt. We're not a uh, that, like we don't play small ball. We haven't really done that under Tony V since he's been here. And now I'm not saying I don't trust Cal Stark to lay down a bunt. The bunt was fine. It just feels like since we don't do it that often, if you're going to do it, everyone has to know exactly what's going on and maybe Merritt did maybe he knew exactly what the call was and he just froze up for whatever reason um maybe he thought you know if I hedge here I'll get thrown out I I don't know but that was that was a strange play just because we just don't do that like I mean do you remember us trying to butt last year it was it was like comical Oh, we would have like first and second, nobody out, and you would think, "Oh, we're only out," but no, he's we're swinging for the fences. Well, or or we would try to do it in a, like a pinch situation, and it was bad. Like we'd pop them up, and they'd catch it, or like. But like our whole lineup was deep. Somebody could just take a, sh- you know, like. I yeah, I mean, it's just. Unless Stevenson came up in those situations or something, you know, last year. Uh, he said, "We'll go over it." I guess he's talking about practice or film. But when you're in the midst of the game, you can see where maybe something could have gone better. Obviously, the read was thought more towards the pitcher instead of more towards first base side. I can't change it. You hope the next guy gets a knock and you score somehow, but they scored one more than we did tonight. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, He said that Ethan Payne was antsy and that he thought it was going to be a ground ball, so he thought he could go ahead and take off. The ball obviously gets caught. He tries to tag. Just bad play. Yeah, he's what did he say? He gets taught to go on contact. So that's what his first step He's going were. on contact in that situation, which is what I think anybody in Major League Baseball would do in college. And again, I'm guesstimating, but on average, you're going to go on contact. So he's in a big hurry to go on the ground. Uh, so he probably had an extra step towards home, recovers to third, never really has his feet under him. And I don't, <laughs> he said, and I don't even know if he would have scored. It wasn't a clean defensive play. He needed to go right back to the base. So basically he's saying because he wasn't on the bag, he should have just stayed at third and not tagged, which based on his body lean, I think that's probably the smart play because you, I mean, you're completely stopping momentum at that point. In that situation, though, if you're paying on third there, you got to play it safe, though, right? That's what, that's what mean, Tony's saying. Yeah. He's like, 
you go on contact, but then if you realize that it's going to be caught, you got to just go back and stay on the bag. You can't turn that into a double play. And I think that's that's fair. Again, baseball, not the end of the world. Uh, it is it is unusual to have three losses you know, this early in March for Tennessee baseball, which is a testament to what Tony Vitello has been able to do uh, since he got here. Uh, but last night was that was a good team, uh, and it's a frustrating loss. But we, we kind of expected a little bit of this with this team, right? A lot of a lot of new pieces, a lot of guys in new spots. Um, I think they'll get there. Let's see. Uh, who is our? Did we not have a player with more than one? Okay, okay. Uh, Christian Moore goes three of five at the plate. No one else had more than one hit. Burke hits the triple, and that was – he almost hit one out of the yard. Is that the one we challenged? He It was him, right, that challenged that one over the foul pole? Yeah. It's tough to tell. Though. Yeah, I figured – I mean – We didn't have a good – Well, they only have the exact same replays that we have. There's right. no, like, special secret cameras that they can use. But it was funny because Charlie Taylor catches it in the bullpen – and I wonder if that like gave them the right kind of angle to see where it ended up. I'm like, yeah. Charlie, maybe just like let that one land, man. They're like, don't touch it. Oh well. You know how catchers are, though. I mean, it's in their name, they right? They see a ball, they just it, gotta catch it. it. They, that's that's their job. That's their job. Um, the SEC basketball tournament starts tonight. Tennessee will know their opponent. Do you say that game starts at seven? Seven. South six, Carolina, six, Ole Miss. Should so, be a good one. You don't really think that, though, do you? It actually could be. I mean, Ole Miss is playing better. So you'd rather see South Carolina? Yeah, but it's a little tricky, though, because playing a team you've absolutely demolished three or two times in a row, it's hard to be a team three times, but Ole Miss gave us a little bit of a scare down there on the road. I think you got to go South Carolina here. We're a bad Still, road team. We are. Let's hope we're not a bad neutral site team. That's been our best, uh, our best game so far. Got Southern Cal. Uh, actually, I'll walk that back due to the Colorado game that still sticks out in my mind. Uh, hopefully, we're not as bad in Bridgestone as we were the first time around. That was a uh, was SEC tournament in Nashville last year. That was in uh, Tampa, I think. Tampa. I was gonna say. Right, Hickman wasn't in Tampa last year. What the SEC tournament? Yeah, it's back to Nashville now. Right for like the next. Is it in Nashville for the next like five years or something? I I literally think it might be in Nashville till like twenty thirty. I thought for some reason I thought there was one year where it's in Charlotte and then it's back to Nashville again. I could be wrong. Cause I I thought there was some deal they had where they wanted to go to like the SEC headquarters or SEC network headquarters or something like that, I guess to give them some ease of travel. Another Tony Vitello quote that y'all missed is apparently he said this is the kind y'all of, missed. <laughs> this is the kind of game where people go on Twitter and say a coach should earn his salary. Is there context there? Like, what was the question? I don't know. Oh, good answer. Thanks, man. It's just a, uh, it's just a uh, tweet I saw from that one journalist in Knoxville who doesn't stand for the national anthem that he tweeted. We are off and running this morning. Um, I, I get. I think I get what he's saying. If, like, let's be honest, man. Like in. The state of Tennessee, well, in East Tennessee at least, like Tony Vitello does not have a lot of critics. I know, like if Rick Barnes said that, 
you're kind of probably fuming about it if right. you're a Tennessee fan. But well, because how many times have we said that? Yeah. And a lot of that has to do. Well, it's it's also weird too. I guess for some reason that number for Rick Barnes, like it's it's high. Like what is he now? I mean, he's definitely top five. Uh, he makes what five point seven million a year, I believe. Yeah, and I think it bumps to six at the end of the deal. Yeah. Like, that, but you hear that a lot with callers, right? It's like, I mean, you're paying him top five money. But that's Tony Vitello being critical of Tony Vitello. Right that's what there, I think. So, I think he's I mean, saying, like, you know, like there's a lot of people tonight that if they're watching this game, they're thinking, what is that coach doing? And I, it's also tough because he's not the guy on third base, like you know, talking to Griffin Merritt or talking to to Payne. But that, that I'm sure that's something that they'll work on. This week is the communication between Vitello to Elander to the base runner because it felt like, I mean, you left a run, you left a run out there, Easy, easily one and maybe two. See, I was borderline thinking even if he tagged up right, if he'd even had, would have made it because it the guy was playing shallow. It was a hard hit ball. Sure. You know his momentum was carrying him in towards home plate when he threw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He'd look to fight another day with two outs, see if he can get a two out hit. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I think, and I think that's what he's saying. Like either you you stay on the bag and tag, or yeah. But he said he got kind of antsy. So it's like you got to go or or get back and be safe. But you you know you got yeah. You're trying to win the game, yeah, which I get it. Like yeah. I totally understand it. Play aggressive. That's probably the way but he teaches. That's two. That was mistakes and back to back innings on third base, and I think that's where you know a lot of people would say that's that's coaching mistakes and. It is things they can fix. I mean, this is not, you know. It's early, yeah. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. But that was uh, that was a frustrating way to end the game last night. This is what happens, guys. We give coaches these big raises, and they just they mail it in. Yeah. Barnes mails it in. We got Vitello mailing it in. I can't oh. wait to see what Heupel does next year. Totally going to mail it in. Barnes has been mailing it in for the majority of his career, to be fair, though. Just, what are you doing, man? Gosh. He just somehow always gets raises. What it? Did you like listen to the drive yesterday or something? Were they being negative yesterday? All the, All the callers were. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like a free for all on Barnes. Yeah. Did you call in? Were you Willie? No. Are you sure? I like Willie though. Willie, you sound just Willie like put, him. Uh, Brick Barnes and uh, Wade Houston in the same breath. <laughs> at one point. Even you have to say that is that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I'll put Rick Barnes in that Conzo Martin category. Get out of town. What are you talking about? Same amount of sweet 16s. Rick Barnes has been here longer. We'll hit a quick break. Conzo at least made the NIT his first two years. Rick Barnes didn't make anything his first two. Because the program had been nuked. It was bombed. I'm I'm just saying. It was a harder job. Hit the button. We'll come back. Continue our... Number one. What a joke. I'm so in love with you. Whatever you want to do is all right with me. Hour one continues. Adam Hickman is sending this one out to Rick Barnes. The team has arrived in Nashville. They are ready. They are primed to defend their SEC tournament title. Was that your apology song to Rick Barnes after the uh, the slander in the previous? No. I think 
you know, there, there's always a time to be maybe not negative, but I've been trying to reflect a little bit recently. I think we got to just surround this team in positivity. We may, may only have two games left this season. I think we need to enjoy them. I think we need to lift these boys up. Because, man, for three hours yesterday evening, it was a slugfest. It was open season uh, on Rick Barnes and this basketball uh, team. No one ever won a war with positivity, Chris. I don't think that's right. So you're saying that being negative helps the team? Like, at this point, are, are, is this basketball team not just kind of what they are? Yeah, I mean, like, negativity that, that, doesn't help. Positivity doesn't help. Hmm. Nothing helps. They, they they are who we thought they were. You're, at least who you're I just a sad were. human being right now. Like, what is going on? We got, we got an SEC tournament game tomorrow. I'm just not getting my hopes up, Chris. I'm not asking you to get your hopes up. I'm asking you to get your head out of your ass. If we play awful in our last game we play in the SEC tournament, then we might make it to the Sweet 16 just because that'll be one bad game followed by a good game or two. I just, I'm concerned about this team's ability to be able to string multiple games together in a row where we come out and play great. Or not even just great, just come out and play good. Mm-hmm. Because that's clearly been something we've struggled with the last half of the season. I mean, facts are that the last month and a half of the season, maybe even two months, you're not an NCAA tournament team. We also haven't been healthy. I mean, well, we're not healthy now. Yeah, yeah. And, and when we've been healthy, we've still done this crap. So I, I don't think health really but matters. But that's the thing. We really have not been completely we've healthy. Always been somebody out. Or it was, like uh, yeah, I mean, it was Josiah. It was Josiah and Julian Phillips. It was Vescovy. Now, obviously, it's Ziegler. Like, that's what's... I think to me that's one of the most frustrating things. Yeah, Key's been out. That's one of the most frustrating things about this team is even with a guy or two out, they've had those games, those moments where you're like, this team can do it. And now with Ziegler, like you're not you don't you're never gonna get the full package of this team, what they could have possibly been. Which is weird. And Russell said this yesterday, and it's totally true. Like football, you expect some injuries. You you can count on you know a receiver rolling an ankle, an offensive lineman straining a pec, uh, you know a quarterback maybe getting a concussion, having to miss a game. Like you kind of expect that in football. The injury bug in basketball, not a thing. Uh, this team has been very unlucky. The last stretch of games where I would say we were the healthiest we've been on the season. You lost to Florida. You beat Auburn by three in the ugliest game I've ever seen in my life. And then you lost to Vanderbilt. And then after that, of course. And are, the, are we sure we were healthy for those games? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to think of who was out. Uh, everybody played in those games. Really? Yeah. I mean, because Josiah was starting at that time. Mm-hmm. But, like, it. I mean, guys were even practicing leading up to these games. Like, I mean, I feel like he's not been. That's able a to good. Have a, that's a good question. You know, you can't just throw him out into the, you know, into the game and then expect everything to run smoothly. I mean, but, but it's like the the guys who are hurt. It's not like the guys we've been missing this year are the great model of consistency. Even when they're out there, I mean, Josiah, as good as he can be. How many times do you see that? It's still a pretty low ceiling with Josiah, on average. I mean, there's some games where he might go 
four or six from three and just get hot. Right. And those and those yeah. be big baskets. I, I guess I would say like the consi- like the average ceiling of Josiah is still relatively low. However, I do think he does a lot of things defensively and just in like overall communication that really helped this team. But yeah, it's not like, oh, we lost Josiah. There goes twenty points a night. Uh, Same with Phillips. I do think Ziegler I mean, would you Outside of Vescovy, like, is he the biggest loss? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't even think it's really close. And I think you could make the argument it might be even bigger than when Vescovy's out. However, Vescovy, I mean, that's a and first. That's, that's a first team All SEC player. Bank on injuries, like especially season-ending ones. Yeah, but like that's where we get frustrated with the BJ Edwards thing, like and not playing him because yeah, that was a big topic yesterday on the drive. If he had more minutes, maybe. You know, I I don't know. You get another true point guard out there. That, but with with Zakai, like my thing is like that that's all matchup dependent for me. Like when when he's going up against the Kentuckys, the Arkansas teams that have bigger guards, mm-hmm. he's kind of a little bit of a liability out there. I mean, Kentucky ate his lunch twice. We didn't really get to see him match up against Arkansas because he had the knee injury, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think his is just kind of matchup dependent. And if you're going up against a team that has big, strong, physical guards that are 6'5". I mean, everybody's going to be bigger than Ziegler on oh, yeah, 95% but, of the time I mean, that you play against. Him matched up against 6'2", Wade Taylor, is different than him going up against 6'7", Anthony Black. But, like, what's Wendell Green? Because Wendell Green did not – Isn't Wendell Green 6' flat or 6'? Yeah, like, like, I'm just saying, he didn't kill us in the first game, and he absolutely demolished us – on Saturday. I know, but that, that, that's a game we're having. That, no, Zakai yeah, that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like there, I, I, I don't disagree that Zakai is because because of his size. There's he's definitely not a guy that you can say he can perfectly guard every other point guard. I, I, I completely agree with that. But it definitely would have helped against Auburn. But Barnes, Barnes makes all these comments like we have all the confidence in the world in BJ Edwards. We put him out there even before Auburn. He's like, we're going to need BJ Edwards, and then the guy doesn't even play a single minute. Yeah, you know, it's like. What, I mean, I don't know. I did you hear Russell's theory? I think this is actually no, I didn't hear it. I I, I have thought this, and and Russell just worded it more eloquently than I can. But I think I completely agree. He said that if B.J. Edwards had been the exact same player, I mean the exact same player, four star, whatever, but he was from I think he said Delaware. I think he would have been playing more. I think that side of I think that Barnes is stubborn, and that when local people and he hears, oh, how's BJ? I think there's something in Barnes. It's like I'll play him when I think he's ready. Quit asking me about that guy, and then I think it got to the point where it was. It's just too late. It's. I mean, I'm not saying it's too late to play him, but I just. I don't know if they didn't get him. I mean, we heard he was running scout team. That's what you do with like an ineligible player, or just a whole or or like that's or what I'm saying. Somebody put, you know. Well, yeah, walk on sure, but yeah. I'm saying like if you have a starter, a starting caliber player Talking that runs scout team, usually that means they're trying to redshirt that player, or they like back in the days of the one year transfer sit out. Like we'd have players that would run scout team on the football team mm-hmm. because they couldn't play, yeah. but that's how they could really help the team was to run. You know, I'm gonna go be the the best Florida receiver or, you know, the running quarterback for what, like, it's weird to say, oh, yeah, he's great on scout team. It's like, well, why is he running scout? Why isn't he running with, you know, the starters or the twos? Why aren't we trying to get him ready? 
I mean, what what's the most minutes he played this year? Nine? Yeah, he ten? Like a ten minute the other day. Yeah, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. And you have blowout games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I know BJ probably would have hurt you Saturday, if anything. But the fact that you well, are well now he would have now. But yeah. if he'd have played, yeah, you know, twenty minutes earlier in the year. But I mean, like you are a rolled ankle away from being royally screwed in postseason play. If if it's Vescovy or James, if one of those guys rolls an ankle. If Vescovy rolls an ankle, we are so we're toast. done. Yeah. We're, we're done regardless. But like, if Triple J, a guy who you can, re, re, a guy who you can rely on to kind of calm things down, mm-hmm. bring the ball up the court, play that point forward, if he rolls an ankle and Vescovy is really your only ball handler you have, you're done. I mean, he stuck a walk out there, and walk has made like a tremendous impact for us. I mean, he may not score the ball, but I mean, he gives effort. I, Edwards will probably give you effort and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Off the dribble, but I mean, a walk is effort. Is I mean, it's different because the guy's you know a monster. But I mean, like like BJ's not going to go down and just grab a whole bunch of rebounds or anything. I think he's going to try hard. I don't think I don't think it's an effort thing. Maybe it's an understanding thing or a stubborn thing with Barnes. Like I I tend to agree with Russell. Uh, But if you look at BJ Edwards' numbers this year, I mean, I, I know. What numbers? Yeah. Like, well, his, like his jersey number? Well, I, I know that uh, just looking at points doesn't really tell the whole story, but, I mean, he's shooting at what? Isn't he like 60% from the field well, on the season? On four shots? Come on, Hickman. Like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, he doesn't shoot when he gets in because he doesn't get in. Like, I mean, there's no way you can say. Crazy. Oh. I mean, how can you do anything in a minute of basketball? I mean, he's, he's 40% from three. Uh, I know, I know, it's a small sample what, size. Two of five, but I'm just saying. Is there another word for sample? <laughs> one of three, one of two, o of one, one of two, one and one, o and one, two and two. He was heating up when he was two. <laughs> heating up. <laughs> one more, he's on fire. And just going through, uh, I'm looking at just some potential matchups for Tennessee in the first round of the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and just trying to uh, look at their guard play uh-huh. just to kind of see it's like okay would this be a good matchup if we had Zakai uh Yale a team we have been matched up with and it seems like Zakai half of a big our loss he was second team all conference and defense on first team all defense he, he gets beat off the dribble too much though he's first team all defense he gets beat off the dribble like that, that that's a fact he gets beat off the dribble he led the league in steals and like I, cool but he he gets beat off the dribble nothing will change that I, I'm not saying they all lead to baskets, but like he gets beat off the dribble. Guy might has might have to sag in, kick out to a corner, but he does get beat off the dribble. Uh, anyways, but looking at the matchups here, uh, I've kind of been doing a deep dive into Yale because that's a team we've been matched you mean, up. You deep dived Yale. Uh, they are big guard play. So they are big guard play. What, is, <laughs> they, what they does ha- that mean? They have big guard play. All their guards that play are six four or taller. It looks like. Okay, you mean like size yeah. big. Gotcha, gotcha. All their guards are around the 6'4", 6'5", 200 range. So you're saying losing Ziegler would not hurt you against Yale? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Zakai is quicker than those guys, but. Okay. And I do not want to play Yale. I'm aware. Absolutely. <laughs> abort, abort, stay away from it. That is like a, a daily thing I hear. 
you and there's somebody else on Twitter that's always just is it it might be stats by Will. He just does not want to play Yale or Furman. I think Furman's the other one. Yeah, Furman's they're like the dangerous. best three point shooting team in the country or something like that. Yeah, uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back, wrap up hour number one. It's three and out on Fan Run Radio. Final segment, hour number one. Hickman's scared of Yale. I'm not scared of Yale. I think we'd win. I'm just saying it's going to be a tough matchup. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said, you know, you've said over and over that you don't want to play Yale. You don't want to play Yale. Now you said you think we'd win? Just because I think we would win doesn't mean... like If you think we're going to win, I would want to, I would want to play them. Okay, there's a difference between thinking you're going to win and not wanting to play somebody. Would you want to have to... Would, would you want to be caught in a close game late in the first round of the NCAA tournament? No. Exactly. That, that, that's why you shouldn't want to play Yale because there's but a But if chance. you think we'd win, then I, if you tell me we'd win the game, then yeah, I don't care if it's a close game or not. Well, I think there are worse I think we're terrible in close games. I think there are worse opponents you can get matched up with. Like worse meaning they're a worse team. Well, sure. I can't believe you're scared of Yale. Wow. I'm not scared of Yale. Sounds like you might be. A little what did he bit. say during the break that the best, they'll have the best big man on the court? Yeah. That's Who's that? Uh, Matt Noling. How big is he? Like 6'7". I think, I mean, I think we could He's neutralize six, seven? him. He's 6'7"? Yeah. I think I'd sign up for that if their best big man is 6'7". But you said their guards are big. Yeah, their guards are big too. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd Se- be a no fun matchup. And they have seven guys who shoot over 39% from three on the year. Six over 40. Are they a high volume? Uh, Yeah, I think they shoot quite a bit. Hmm. Currently, Tennessee slated as, this is Lenardi, uh, three seed against Louisiana. Are you scared of Louisiana? Do we know anything Uh, about Louisiana? No, I do know they just punched their ticket, not last night, but the night before, I believe. They won their conference tournament? Yeah, so they'll have a nice little break. Yeah, um... That is kind of. I mean, didn't some of these tournaments start last week? Yeah, I mean, they're like be, last Wednesday or something. I think there's ten teams that have qualified now. That's insane to me. And like some of the early qualifiers will have like what over two weeks off. Yeah, I mean that would seem ideal for, I don't know, a team like Tennessee who's still got some guys nursing injuries. I feel like that's been mentioned several times, like the SEC, because uh, is it the ACC that finishes Saturday? Yeah, it was last year because Tennessee got the we got the shaft on selection seeding. Sunday because we win and then it's like boom go straight to the the show and a lot of the all of the blue check marks they were tweeting last year during the SEC tournament that to avoid this the SEC should just start their tournament earlier and end it a day sooner yeah so that way it's not like oh there's the SEC champion but you know we've already kind of started what we're doing here well it kind of makes sense when you think about it because like. What's the normal turnaround time for an SEC team during the the conference schedule? Two or like, three days. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you play Saturday and then you play either Tuesday or Wednesday. Why would we not just start the tournament on a Tuesday, end it on a Saturday, and give the committee the full tournament to decide what they're going to do with seating? Because I still go back to last year. I know Lenardi sat there and pumped it in our face about how there's no way Tennessee was going to get uh, the, the three, but we had beaten Kentucky and won the SEC championship. Well, tournament championship. How are we seated below them? 
And that game happened it, on a Saturday as well, too. Right. So. Yeah, SEC uh, championship games Saturday at 8.30. They started yesterday, ACC. ACC, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they're the – well, the big – is the big – doesn't the Big Ten end on, like, Sunday? Because it's always, like, the championship before the 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 show or whatever, the – yeah, I I think the ACC is the only one that ends Saturday, right? Isn't Pac-12, yeah, Big Ten, Big 12? I think they're all Sunday. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it doesn't matter. I, I don't know how much the – I mean, obviously, automatic qualifiers, like, that matters. But I don't know how much ending it a day earlier would, you know, matter to the eyes of the committee. I just feel like more time to kind of soak in the result of the tournament would be a good thing, especially when you look at, you know, last year, for example. I don't know where Tennessee's at right now in this bracket, but uh, Lenardi released a late-night bracket last night, and there is a pretty interesting matchup here in the first round. That would be fun to watch. And that is Kentucky as a five-seed taking on 12-seeded Charleston. And Charleston's in. Yeah, they uh, they, they locked won. up their bid last night, which good for them. Yeah, because they probably wouldn't have gotten in even though they won 30 games. Yeah, you would hate to see a team that went like 30-1 and one on the regular season. Did they really? I think they went 30. It might have been 30-2, and two, but yeah. – you would hate to see a team who was that good, that consistent in the regular season. Albeit they didn't beat any, any quad one teams, but still, if you win 30 games, you should be in regardless. Uh, that's what Lenardi had yesterday. He had it previewed as uh, Charleston 12, Kentucky 5 playing in Orlando. Uh, that would have Tennessee the 3 against 14 Louisiana. Don't you feel like all, after all these like smaller conference tournaments, though, like they – pretty much have a bracket figured out unless like a surprise team from these bigger conferences like jumps up and wins it i mean it just feels like they've already got the bracket even i mean obviously by sunday before those championship games oh yeah by by sunday they've got it basically figured out unless there's an automatic qualifier then they just you know slide them in and take out a, you know back somebody up now, so charleston went 31 and 3 and tied for first place in their conference i'm sorry did you say 31 and 3 31 oh, and 3 basketball games Jeez. And they they didn't even win the conference. They tied with Hofstra, who are the. I've told you this twice in two weeks, Chris. They are the Lions. Pirates. Mm, you're close, Chris. They are the blue. The blue birds. Pride. What? My blue. That's like a pride of lions. Yeah, I was right. Well, you said lions. They're not the lions. They are the Hofstra pride. Right, but a pride. Right, but a a pride is a bunch of lions, and that's what I said. Charleston was ranked quite a bit uh, early on in the season before they got got that first loss of the season and dropped out. They have three losses on the year, and they were ranked, but they're not now. Yeah, they were ranked. That doesn't make any sense. Is is their conference just that bad to where wins don't matter to get them in the top twenty five? Is I mean like. That seems like it's one of the best records in the last 10 years. Uh, they got up to number 18 in the country. Hmm. And then they lost to Hofstra, who is the blue... Lions. Got it. Yeah, whatever. They lost 85-81 to 81 to Hofstra at home when they were ranked 18th in the country. And can't lose to Hofstra and stay in the top 25, so they dropped out. Wait, I thought you said Hofstra was good, too. I mean, they're 24-9. Twenty-four and nine at the uh, in that conference. I don't know how impressive that is, but that's the uh, that's the colonial, right? Yeah, I believe so. 
Uh, Vol on Twitter says he does not want the Louisiana matchup at all. Guards are scrappy and their bigs look good. He's out. So we don't want. Is this where we are at this point in the season that any fourteen we're we're terrified of? Because I'm kind of there. Like I, I'm. I, there's no matchup I think that I'm going to go into it in the first round and say I am completely comfortable with this matchup. We are going to win. We're going to look good. It's funny though. It seems like we play Louisiana every year early on in the season, except for this year. I don't remember that. Do we? I feel like we've played them a couple of times in recent years. Uh, their best player is Jordan Brown. He's a six eleven junior. He averages nineteen and eight a game. Shoots at fifty seven percent from the field. Okay. Pretty solid. Other uh, their, their best guard is famous. Folks, he's a 6'1", 175-pound sophomore. Can you give me that name one more time? Themis. Themis? Yeah. Kind of like it. Themis Folks. Themis Folks, 6'1", 175, sophomore from North Carolina. He averages six assists with nine points. Shoots at 43% from the field. Okay. And they also have a... Hmm. It's Mm. weird. They got a Garnett who also has a first name that starts with a K. So just going down their roster, you see K. Garnett. What's his name? Kentrell. Kentrell Garnett. Any relation? Uh, I'm going to say no. This guy doesn't look to be that good. 10-4. <laughs> what team are you talking about right now? Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay, just just checking to make sure. I want to make sure we get our, our facts straight here. Let me see if Kevin Garnett has a son. Uh, I'd say he'd be pretty good if he did. Good enough to play for Louisiana? I mean, if your dad's Kevin Garnett, I'd, he does have a – no. Just where's he from? Is he from South Carolina? Oh, I don't know. That's I didn't where, look. Well, that's where Garnett's from. Kevin Garnett, that is. Who would you want to face as a three seed? Like, what 14 would you prefer? Hmm. Uh, the other ones are – UC Irvine, would you prefer them? Just read them all off to me. Kennesaw State, Furman, and Louisiana as 14s. Out of those, uh, you want to stay away from Furman. Uh, it's really, I guess it's between Kennesaw State and UC Irvine. I think, ideally, out of that. Uh, Give me Kennesaw State. Three of those just, four are in the tournament officially. Just don't know their seed yet, obviously. Uh, UC Irvine's not in yet. But Kennesaw State is definitely in? in? Okay. Yes, they it, won he doesn't have the plus by them, so they must have qualified last I'd night. I'd go UC Irvine. Okay. Uh, Kennesaw State, I believe this is their first NCAA tournament appearance. So, you know those guys will have an extra inspired performance and yeah. Good to know. Come back, kick off hour number two. It's three and out on Fan Run Radio.